0: Greetings, everybody. Listen up. This is Dr. BT3, and really, really grateful for you uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you share this. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, women preachers, uh, John MacArthur, and the Beth Moore controversy. And this is probably, well, not probably, it is my first non preaching teaching podcast. Uh, So you want to make sure to subscribe to these podcasts. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in. I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about uh, my thoughts and my opinions and just really kind of give you some fresh information and perspective uh, on this particular topic of women preachers. Uh, But first, I want to kind of report the news and uh, let you see or rather hear uh, exactly what was said, uh, and what is called such controversy. Uh, I'm going to go to, uh, YouTube and let you listen to a little bit of it. it a
1: word, and then
0: to so listen up. One
1: or response to the word. Are you I feeling ready? like I'm being shut up? that is always the case with todd watch out for him he will try to embarrass you we're going to start out this is this is just kind of touching your toes easy easy setup for you let's begin with an easy one the word is beth moore that's two words (laughs) liberalist all right dr MacArthur beth moore
2: how many words do i get you know
1: Actually, and, and before you answer this, please think carefully this time, because last time you did a one-word association, yeah, know, the guy wrote a book about it, problem. and don't we know. don't
2: want that. I was thinking of the same word. Okay. Go home.
1: <laughs> well, I I see we're warmed up. <laughs> I
2: dilly dally. Um there's no case that can be made biblically for a woman preacher. Period. Paragraph. End of discussion.
1: So, let me see if I can get a clarification on that.
2: Got one. Phil, anything to add? No, the word that comes to my mind is narcissistic. I I think the first time I saw her, I thought, she, she is, this is a, going back to the last session of what Mike said, this is what it looks like to preach yourself rather than Christ. All right. And, she, in uh, fact, she has said that. She said, I read the Bible, and I try to find myself in the narrative. I put myself in the narrative. And that, that is exactly what she does.
1: And this, by the way, uh, Vodi uh, Bauckham was supposed to be here, but I, I'll just uh, let you know he's, he's not here because he's weak, is what it is. He's weak, and he wanted to rest. So Mike... And by the way, dude, you killed it. That sermon was dumbass. more. I heard John MacArthur say, "Period, paragraph, end of story." <laughs> All right, one more, and then we will get into our video clips.
2: I would just add one thing. Um, just because you have the skill to sell jewelry on the TV sales channel doesn't mean you should be preaching. There are people who have certain hawking skills, um, natural abilities to sell. They have energy and personality and all of that. Um, That doesn't qualify you to preach. Dr. McCarthy
1: we've done this a number of times and I've asked you a number of questions on pretty broad ranging issues. I'm perceiving this is actually troubling you.
2: Profoundly troubling me because I think the church is caving in into women preachers. Um, just the other day, the same thing happened with Paula White, a whole bunch of leading evangelicals endorsed her new book. She's a heretic and a prosperity preacher, three times married and, what, what are they thinking? Uh, the Me Too movement and culture reclaiming ground in the church. When the leaders of evangelicalism roll over for women preachers, the feminists have really won the battle. Um, the primary the, the primary the primary effort in feminism is not equality. It's not They don't want equality. That's why 99% of plumbers are men they don't want equal power to be a plumber they want to be senators preachers congressmen president the power structure in a university they want power not equality um, and this is this is the highest location they can ascend to that power in the evangelical church and overturn what is clearly scriptural so i, I think this is feminism gone to church This is why we can't let the culture exegete the Bible. And I need to add a footnote. When the Southern Baptists met in June and they passed Resolution 9 and they said intersectionality and critical theory are useful tools in interpreting the Bible, that was a watershed moment for that entire movement because if culture has the right to interpret the Bible, they will interpret the Bible, and liberalism will take over. This is an evidence that they are allowing the culture to interpret the Scripture. A couple weeks after that, there was a panel discussion of Southern Baptist leaders who said there should never be another translation committee without a Latino, an African American, and a woman on it. Translation of the Bible? How about somebody who knows Greek and Hebrew? So, this this is not a minor issue. When you literally overturn the clear teaching of Scripture uh, to empower people who want power, uh, you, you have given up biblical authority. This is not a small issue. People would
1: say, no, that it's, it's, it's not our intention, specifically after the convention of the Southern Baptist Convention. This is not about egalitarianism. This is maybe perhaps a soft complementarianism First of all, is there such
0: a thing as soft complementarianism? Well, I, don't, I don't know about that Okay, folks, so just for uh, copyright purposes, uh, that is from YouTube um, posted by ReformationCharlotte.org uh, entitled John MacArthur, Beth Moore, Go Home. Uh, vid- the whole clip is about seven minutes seven minutes and 35 seconds, and Uh, I'd let you listen to about six minutes of it. Uh, So I wanted you to hear exactly what was said, uh, the context of what was said, and uh, just the the whole background uh, of it. Uh, Before I get into my personal commentary, I'm going to now uh, read to you Beth Moore's response uh, on Twitter on October 21st. Uh, on Twitter, um, she says, well, actually, there's two things, I believe, uh, in response to it. Um, the first one says, here's the beautiful thing about it, and I mean this with absolute respect. You don't have to let me serve you. That gets to be your choice. Whether or not I serve Jesus is not up to you. Whether I serve you certainly is. One way or another, I esteem you, As my sibling in Christ. She also goes on to say. I did not surrender to a calling of man. When I was 18 years old. I surrendered to a calling of God. It never occurs to me for a second. To not fulfill it. I will follow Jesus and Jesus alone. All the way home. And I will see his beautiful face. And proclaim worthy is the lamb. Alright. So. That is the backdrop of all this controversy uh, about women preachers, John McArthur and Beth Moore. Uh, And again, this is from that last response is uh, her Twitter feed on October the 21st, uh, Beth Moore. Uh, And and before I get into my comments, let me say this. Uh, I personally uh, do not subscribe to. Um, or listened to, nor have I read any of the books by John MacArthur. I'm sure I've read some commentaries uh, in 20 plus years of ministry. Uh, Neither am I familiar, uh, very familiar with Beth Moore uh, and her ministry. Obviously, I've heard of her, uh, but I've not listened to any of her messages uh, from start to finish that I can recall. I haven't read any of her books, so I'm not really familiar with either of their ministry. Uh, Let me just say that. Um, but I want to give you just some observations um, from the John MacArthur uh, clip that we heard. Uh, and you heard it here, folks. Uh, I'm not making this up. You heard it uh, with your own ears. Uh, and I'm just going to be very honest with you. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, just some biblical perspectives, my opinion, uh, here in just a moment. Um, but just some some objective, uh, maybe a little bit subjective observations Uh, He he made, uh, well, it it looks like uh, this was at his conference, uh, from what I've read, celebrating 50 years of ministry. And I guess they do this thing where uh, a moderator gives them a question or says a name and they respond. Uh, Quite frankly, in my opinion, um, the tone and the tenor of this conversation seemed petty. Um, seemed high schoolish, uh, quite frankly, mean spirited. Um, he went on to compare Beth Moore to a, a jewelry, a TV jewelry, jewelry salesperson, saleswoman, and begin to say that just because a person is gifted in an area does not qualify uh, them to preach. Uh, what was really kind of disconcerting. Um, and and what seemed to really have very little spiritual value, if any at all, was the fact that the audience was laughing. And uh, even just the mention of her name uh, seemed to arouse uh, laughter and, you know, oohs and ahs. Uh, I guess clearly, um, just from what I I saw and what you heard there, uh, it really just seems that you know, it was, and he was, they were egging him on like, you know, he doesn't like her and they know it. And and so it really didn't seem to be edifying as much as it did to be what we would say is what uh, is red meat. You know, a lot of times when you see Uh, at at, you know, national conventions for the uh Democrats and the Republicans, they'll you uh, you'll oftentimes hear that word red meat, uh, because the speaker is pandering to the base, and that's what it seemed like is that she was red meat for him, uh, and they were laughing, and uh, you know, just it it seemed very frat boyish, if I can say it like that, very high schoolish. Um, and it really did not seem very serious. It just seemed kind of mean-spirited, to be quite honest with you. And, and here was the other thing that I thought uh, was interesting to note, that he mentioned the Me Too, the Me Too movement uh, and feminism, and he went on to talk about a translation committee um, and, and really begin to chide the fact that someone had said that there needed to be, uh, minorities on these boards. And then he, you know, rebutted it and said, well, how about those who know Greek and Hebrew? And, and, and to me, uh, that seems slightly like a, a, a whistle dog whistles, because why, why not say as long as those minorities are qualified? Why? Because the assumption, the presupposition is that Latinos and women and the minorities that he mentioned would be unqualified? the The way that he said it was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading into into it too much, but just listening to it, it, it seems like there was a bigger issue that he had there. Uh, it, it didn't seem about exclusively the integrity of the scriptures or, or, or being Christ-like or loving in that moment. It was, it seemed to me, and like I said, I'm not familiar with his ministry. I don't follow him. Um, uh, but it just seemed to me that it was just a little, a little bit of extra something there, um, that, that I would not categorize as, as godly, you know, for them to talk about people who, you know, are professing Christians. And who are doing what they understand and have convictions uh, to follow Christ, you know, just seems a little disconcerting for them to talk so um, condescendingly uh, about it. Uh, Juxtaposed to Beth Moore's response, who seemed to be very professional. Um, I did not gain or I did not observe uh, a cattiness about her response. It was very professional. Um, and and what I thought too was pretty significant is she says, you know, one way or the other, I esteem you as my sibling in Christ. Uh, that seems very big of her. Um, that seems, that seems very, very big of her, uh, to say that quite honestly, I probably would have used less words and just said, you know, I love you. God bless you. You know, hope, 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 hope all is well. You know, the Bible says to bless those that curse you and do good to those who despitefully use you. Um, and and so it seems like she's she's following that example, um, and, and so I think the bigger issue. I posted this on my Facebook page on October the seventeenth. I had posted um, uh, a, a status, and, and this is what the status said. Um, this was on the seventeenth of October. I said I really believe the greatest threats to the unity of the body is poor hermeneutics and tradition. We have pet scriptures and customs that keep us more divided than anything. Ignorance and pride. Uh, I posted that on the 17th, and um, here we are less than a week later, and and we have this issue here. Um, Even if uh, John MacArthur disagrees with women preachers, Um, and you know, has his convictions, the way that he addressed it, um, is, is just a little bit too much. Uh, it really did not feel like it was in the spirit of, uh, scholastic, uh, criticism or, uh, professional difference. It was, it had a little bit more to it. Uh, and, and it's these sorts of things, uh, our pride and our ignorance, that we have in our own biblical interpretations that cause us not to have unity in the body. Uh, One of the things that is so important uh, to me as an educator, uh, my doctorate is in ministry leadership and I've written several manuals. Uh, I I, I include Greek and Hebrew uh, in my teaching. Um, I've done extensive studying on uh, the The covenants of the bible uh, uh the idioms, the language of the bible and and so admittedly growing up in church, there were a lot of things that were preached taught said, I think with uh genuine and sincere motives uh, but just were not a hundred percent hermeneutically correct and my my conviction is that that is the biggest and the largest and the most influential reasons why we do not have greater unity in the body of Christ. Um, Maturity says that we can agree to disagree, but we don't have to become uh, disrespectful. Maturity says you can see it your way, I can see it my way, but that doesn't mean that you're going to hell or I'm a demon. Uh, maturity says, uh, maybe right now is not the best time for us to work together, but, uh, maybe they'll, there will come a time in the future. And, and what I see in the body is that we oftentimes will exalt our own interpretation, our own traditions, and we become so prideful and so rigid that we can't even have conversations without it becoming personal that we can't even have conversations without it becoming uh something that uh causes a further difference and a further rift uh in, in the relationship and the the scripture he didn't go into scriptures that I that I recall John MacArthur he didn't go into scripture reasoning uh he said there's no place in the bible uh for that substantiates a woman preacher uh, period, uh, end of sentence, end of paragraph. Uh, so that's how he kind of just kind of justified it. And again, he's talking to, uh, people who support him. Uh, so they probably have heard his position. The, they obviously support him. They obviously, uh, respect his, his thoughts, his philosophies, his perspective. So, uh, they're going to, they're going to take that and run with it. Um, but as a, but as a, a, a sober educator as a as a balanced thinker that's just not quite true uh if we go back to the scriptures that that just does not stand to reason uh and, and so i i, I don't want to make this a a preaching teaching uh podcast so i don't I, i'm not going to go over a whole bunch of scriptures but i'll just talk about a few things that come to mind about women preachers And then I'll talk about my own personal experiences uh right um b- but the first thing that comes to mind is acts chapter 2 uh verse number 17 uh which was a quote quotation from Joel chapter 2 uh a reference of Joel chapter 2 and, and it goes on to say uh, in that verse that 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 God would pour out his spirit Uh, pour out of his spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And and, and so it was the Old Testament prophet that prophesied that not only the the, the sons would prophesy, but the daughters would prophesy as well. And that the spirit of God would be upon all flesh. Uh, If you, if you know the book of Acts, uh, you'll know that this is the birthing of the church. And the apostles would go on to, and I believe in Acts chapter 15, and address a, a, a greater issue when the Gentiles began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. they were the, the apostles were Jews and they were like, "What in the world is going on here?" And it was the apostle James who stood up and said, "Guys, this is what was prophesied and and and, and, and even in, in Acts chapter number 10, the apostle Peter, had a revelation that what God has cleaned, you can't call common and that God is not a respecter of persons that he's going to pour out his spirit upon whom he chooses to pour out His spirit. And so it would stand to reason that if the spirit of God was being poured out upon men, women, Gentiles, Jews, and all mankind, and the prophet Joel says that the sons and and the daughters are going to prophesy, and, and literally this word uh, "prophesy" uh, deals with um, standing in the office of a prophet, foretelling the future, uh, being able to do declare and to herald and and to and to be able to be a spokesperson for God. You're telling me that a woman can't get up and preach? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It just does not make sense uh, it just it just doesn't make sense. it just I don't know what else to say it just does not make sense. So God can use a woman to to prophesy to reveal the wisdom of God to reveal the knowledge of God but but she can't herald or, uh, uh, or preach a message. Eh, that just that just doesn't make sense. And and, and see, this is why, again, our biggest issue in the body is our ignorance and our pride. The woman who was at the well, after she had had an encounter with Jesus Christ, she went back to the city and said, come see a man who told me all these things. Like, it it just, it it does not stand to reason. Uh, The Bible talks about the prophetess Anna uh in the book of luke the 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 prophetess anna who who would go on to see the consolation of 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 israel i mean just i i don't understand how a person can rationalize that god would not use a woman to declare his word by virtue of the fact that she is a female it just doesn't make sense it's silly and I know some people used to, you know, would use this, uh, uh, use this verse, first uh, Timothy chapter two, verses nine, to 13, i I'm not going to read all of it, but uh, I believe it's in verse number 12 of that chapter or of that verse, uh, you have that chapter, uh, either verse 13 or 12 that says that um, don't allow a woman to teach or, or to usurp authority over a man. And see, a lot of a lot of old school people, a lot of people use that scripture. See, a woman can't be a pastor because she can't usurp authority over a man. Sir, ma'am, do you not know that this word usurp means to be an absolute master, to exercise dominion over it, to be an autocrat? And if my memory serves me correctly, this is the only place in the scripture where that word usurp is used in the Greek. And furthermore, there's no place in the scripture where a man is commanded to usurp authority over a woman. God doesn't want anybody usurping anything over anybody. (laughs) See, people don't think. And, 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 and and furthermore, he was writing to Timothy, but isn't it interesting that he didn't write this to the Ephesians? He didn't write this to the Corinthians. He didn't tell the Thessalonians this, (laughs) he didn't tell the Romans this. And, And the point that I'm making is if this was something that was, uh, a command of the Lord, that this was a universal principle that God wanted to have established in the early church. You don't see anything like this in the book of Acts. In fact, what you see uh, is a, a team, uh, Priscilla and, and Aquila, a husband and a wife who, who had an excellent reputation and, and and would go on to be upgraded into more excellent truth. The scripture includes both Priscilla and Aquila. <laughs> it, it, it 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 included the wife. They both had a great testimony. I, I just people don't. I just so 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 there's no so there is no precedent. See, and this is one of the things that people really really need to understand about biblical hermeneutics is is that you you really get into dangerous territory when you build an entire teaching and doctrine around one verse or one passage. In Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet asked the question and said, who is going to teach us doctrine? He, t- he goes on to say, I believe it's around verse number 28, 29, something like that. Like I said, I, I'm trying not to make this into a teaching podcast with, you know, but, but, but he goes on to say, who's going to teach us doctrine? The, the, he that has been weaned from the breast. And, and what he's saying is you have to be mature. You have to be developed. And then he goes on to say, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, line upon line. And, and, and when you study this out you get doctrine based upon patterns and repetitions So for an example, if you look throughout the book of Acts a myriad of times they they, they confessed Jesus they uh, they received baptism in Jesus name and and you see this happening all throughout the book of Acts like four or five times Acts chapter two. Uh repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Acts chapter 4, there's no other name given among men whereby, whereby you must be saved. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10. You know, so so there's so there is precedent for being baptized in the name of Jesus. I, I'm just using that as an example for doctrine. There's there's so when you so when you are building A a, a doctrine, and when you are making a stand upon policy for your church, for your organization, for your denomination, for your reformation, you can't just pick one verse that is applicable to a specific situation that the apostle Paul or Peter or someone is addressing in a particular congregation and say, Well, see, that's what the Bible says. No, you have to put it into context. Because again, if this was something that was to be preached throughout the churches that were at the charge of the apostle Paul, he would have told all the churches, don't let women get up. And in fact, if you go back to that scripture in First Timothy chapter two, he says, let the I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there very quick. Quickly, he says in verse number 11, let the women learn in silence with all subjection. All subjection. So, this would contradict their role as a prophetess if they have to be in silence with all subjection. Like, so people, we have to begin to think. We have to begin to think. We have to begin to reason and, and 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 critically analyze the scriptures in context everything that is written in the scriptures as it is written does not on face value apply to new covenant new testament believers of 2019 it just doesn't so we have to be so we have to be mature we have to understand um how to apply what the scriptures are saying, not, listen, not reinterpreting it as in redefining its its original meaning, but we have to be, see the apostle Paul, I believe it's in first Corinthians chapter seven. Again, I'm not trying to throw a whole bunch of scriptures at you because I don't, I wasn't prepared to teach, but the apostle Paul would go on to say things like, I say this by permission. I, I say this not as the commandment of the Lord, but I say this by permission. And, and, and the point that he w- that, I, that I'm making is w- we have to really read the scriptures and understand the context for what is really happening here. What, why is he addressing this? Why is he saying this? Uh, yes, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6, he says, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift, one after this manner, and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. So, so what is he? What is he saying? He's saying, listen, let me deviate a little bit from the commandment of the Lord, and I'm saying this as by wisdom, by permission. And, and, and we and see somebody could take that one verse and say, "See, the Apostle Paul was was uh, uh, unmarried, and and so now I got to be like the Apostle Paul, and I got to be unmarried." No, he says, "For I would that all men were even uh, as I myself." See, he's saying he wants all the men to be unmarried. See, that's what he's saying. No, that's not what he's saying. That's not a commandment. And if we don't learn how to read the Bible, we, we, we fall prey to pride we fall prey to ignorance we fall prey to further uh bringing division and we really have to be careful we really have to be careful of that because that is one of the things that causes so much division in the body of Christ is that we 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 we, we separate and we segment ourselves because of our own pet scriptures that let's be honest, nine times out of 10 are not a salvation issue. And it is according to our own traditions of how we were taught. And so this is why I'm I, I, I'm pushing for reformation in the body of Christ, because we need to be reformed. We need to understand the Bible. We need to be able to have these conversations without the cattiness, without the pettiness, without, without the high school antics and i I'm let me and so it it is an issue of pride and so let me conclude with this I, you know I said I was going to give you kind of a personal uh experience with female preachers uh I grew up in church and uh I had the experience of going to uh a youth camp every year it was something that was uh the highlight of my summer as a as an adolescent and even in my my teenage years And I sang in the gospel choir and, uh, my cousin who, uh, I won't, I won't call, I won't call her name, but she was instrumental, uh, in this camp and she was instrumental in the gospel choir and she was a strong, godly example of a woman preacher in my life. Um, we grew up, like I said, in church and there was a mother who I I won't call her name. Uh, yeah, I will call her name. Her name was mother Boyd. And, um, you know, as, as kids in church, we were afraid of this woman of God <laughs> because she was so in tune with the spirit of God. Uh, she could just read your mail, you you know, just walk by or sit next to her. Um, she would just be able to tell you, you know, all about yourself and what God is doing and what God was saying. And, you know, as as young kids, that was something that was. Uh, scary, you know we hadn't really developed our relationship with God that way, and so that was scary, but I remember going even going on YouTube and watching old videos of mother boy preaching in a in a robe and and talking about being baptized and and, and so forth and so on and you know even as a as an apostle even as uh a leader of my own ministry school, we have ordained uh prophetesses we have uh, set them in place. We have ordained female elders. Uh, I believe in women ministers. I believe in women gifts. We've had, we've had women apostles come and preach at our church, uh, who have prophesied to my wife and I, ministered to us personally. So it just it it doesn't it, it just doesn't make sense that God would use a woman to prophesy and and to, and, and even in the Old Testament, Deborah, who was called alongside Barak. It just doesn't make sense. And this was not to be exhaustive, but, but the biggest issue that, that we have in the body of Christ that is keeping us divided is pride. Even if John MacArthur had his own convictions, and obviously he does, the way he went about it was such a, this is my opinion, such a prideful way um, in, in, in such a demeaning way. And the way that Beth Moore responded, uh, she responded very professionally and very godly, and she could have said a lot more and done a lot worse, but she didn't. Um, but but that's that's all I have tonight. I just wanted to drop this on you. Uh, that's my opinion. The bigger issue uh, is, and I'm not judging, you know, anyone's heart. I, I don't know what's in his heart. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe he'll issue an apology later. Um, I, I don't know, but. It just sounded like, and this is my opinion, that there was a little bit more uh, behind those words uh, that he said, even his tone. And you heard it here, folks. So I'm done. I hope this blessed you. I hope this gave you something to think about. I hope this gave you uh, some level of empowerment. Make sure to subscribe to the Empowered Life podcast. Share this with your friends share this with your family members, share this with your church, share this with your brothers and your sisters. And I pray that this blessed you. I love you again. This is Dr. BT three. And, uh, I love you and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.